Hello and welcome back to The Great Day Guy. My name is Rob Wong and today we're talking about learned helplessness. Now, if I were to think about learned helplessness, the first thing that comes to mind for me is circus elephants. Um, now, you may have been to the circus before, uh, and if you were of the same era as me, or uh, you go back a little bit further, uh, you may remember that a lot of circuses seem to have elephants uh, that are held in place by little ropes tied to little stakes in the ground. Um, now, you may have wondered why those elephants stayed tied to those stakes. After all, this is like a very, very, it's a heavy animal, right? Hundreds of pounds. That rope and that stake in the ground couldn't possibly hold it. So, what's at play here? Well, the answer is learned helplessness. And the first study where this effect was observed um, was kind of messed up. Actually, like a lot of early psychology was kind of messed up. But I guess you can't really learn about psychology unless you have, like, you know, experiments that venture into potentially unethical territory. So back in the day before they fully understood how brains worked, um, they set up this study. Uh, very similar to Pavlov's study, except this one was run in 1965 by Martin Seligman. In one experiment condition, they had a dog. Um, and anytime the dog heard a bell, it was given a light electric shock. Um, now, what they had found was that whenever the dog heard the bell, it would react as though it had been shocked after a few pairings. It had learned that the bell meant a shock was coming. Now, what's even more messed up was Seligman decided to continue the experiment, uh, only in this uh, additional condition, uh, the dog was set into a room, divided into two parts. On one part of the room, uh, nothing. It was just a normal room. It was divided by a hurdle, um, which kept it from going into the second part of the room. In the second part of the room, I believe that the floor was like sort of electrified. Yeah. So, yeah, it was electrified and that's not cool. So what experimenters expected to happen was when they placed the dog in the electrified portion of the room, it would run and jump over the hurdle to the part of the room that was not electrified. However, in the dogs that had been administered the shocks with the bell in the first part of the experiment, those dogs didn't move. The theory is that those dogs learned that those shocks were unavoidable, right? It had been, it had been taught by its past that there was no escaping that pain, so they just gave up, which is really, really sad if you think about it. So Seligman decided to administer this test one third time, uh, and in this example, uh, he had dogs that had not been part of the first experiment, just regular dogs, he put them in the room with a lightly electrified floor. Uh, again, I don't understand how he managed to do this and why, but he did, and uh, those dogs, had no issue jumping over the hurdle in the middle of the room to the side of the floor that was not electrified. So, it's time to draw some uncomfortable analogies. Now, while a lot of learned helplessness is immediately obvious in, like, animal studies, what most people don't stop and consider is that learned helplessness also applies to humans. And while you might not have someone poking you with a cattle prod and shocking you intermittently, 
Um, most of us have areas in our lives where we are resigned, where we have given up, where you've stopped trying because it hurts too much, because the past has taught us that that area cannot change, that things are insurmountable. And of course, sometimes those observations are true. Sometimes it's something that we ourselves cannot change. But most of the time, that limiting belief is what creates the actual barrier. So the big question to ask yourself is, when it comes to dating, what's the one thing I'm afraid to ask for? When it comes to dating, what's the one thing I think I can never have? When it comes to relationships, where have I given up? And of course, what is it costing me to have given up on the thing that I want or the thing that I need? A particularly painful example from my past was having a memory from my first girlfriend of being kind of left behind. Um, of falling in love with a human being that I thought was clever, sexy, and smart. And then having the experience of her leaving the relationship. And from that moment forward, believing with my heart of hearts that I was just not attractive. That I was not an attractive human. That I was never going to be an attractive human. And because I believed those things, they became true. I started to try too hard in the dating game, right? I started to date people that I wasn't as attractive to because I thought that I wasn't attractive and only attractive people dated other attractive people. When the simple reality was, I was creating an artificial barrier that held me back. And when I held myself back, I got more proof that my story was true. Learned helplessness. So already you can begin to see how this might begin. I mean, the, the impact of this is potentially massive, right? Maybe this is something that you've been coping with your entire life. Maybe this is stopping you from getting what you really want out of your relationship. Maybe this has made the entire dating process miserable because somewhere in the back of your brain, your brain is totally convinced that the only people you deserve to date are assholes. Or the exact type of person that you'll get into fights with over and over and over again because of their patterns and your patterns. So the question you might be asking yourself at this point is how do I get out of learned helplessness? Is there anything I can do? Well, the first step is usually the hardest. It's just observing what parts of your life where you're resigned. And if it exists, it's beginning to take baby steps into that territory. Beginning to take risks, giving your brain little bits and pieces of evidence that you, in fact, are not limited in your dating life, that you, in fact, are not limited in your relationship. It might be as simple as making a polite request of your partner for that one thing that you thought you'd never get. It might be as simple as having a conversation with someone that you find irresistibly attractive, or maybe just asking them for the time. But you gotta get it, it has to start somewhere, and it cannot start without you taking that little risk. So my recommendation, 
Take the smallest risk that you can to get the largest possible reward. And continue to do that until the belief leaves you behind. Until the belief disappears. Now sometimes that process can take a few months. Sometimes it can take a few years. It really depends on how hardcore you are about it. But if you really want to get some freedom around the issue, get coached, get help, have someone work through the issue with you so that you can understand where it came from, how it's serving you, and ultimately, have that emotional shift that lets you make the decisions that you know would logically help you. The problem that I see the most with clients is not that they don't know what to do. Everyone knows how to be good at dating. Everyone knows how to be good at relationships. Be yourself, right? Be more confident. But none of us really, I mean most of us, <laughs> believe in our heart of hearts that we can be confident in the moment. We're not convinced. Emotionally, we're not on board. Most of us, in situations of duress or stress or pressure, maybe you're with a very attractive person, we can't easily get to a place where we can authentically be ourselves because we're too busy trying to avoid other things like looking dumb or looking bad. So if you want to stop fighting against your emotions and finally get them on your side, you can apply for a completely free strategy session with me online at greatdateguide.com. And that is all the time that <laughs> Let's try that again. And that's all the time that we have for today. My name is Rob Wong, and this has been another episode of The Great Date Guy. We'll catch you in the next one.